Hello, everyone. I'm Joseph Roberson, a.k.a. Professor Joe of both King Talk Podcast and the Professor Joe Show. And you are currently listening to me on King Talk, our unapologetic and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM, and let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. Right? That's King Talk Podcast, one word on IG. You can also find us on Facebook at King Talk Podcast and on iHeartRadio as well as Spotify. And today, as as often as I possibly can, I have with us Javaris McConnor. Hey, yeah, huh? Hey, look, forget (laughs) just the applause thing. We need like a crowd roar, something like that. How you feeling, man? Is all good? All good. All good, man. How's the world of uh, athletics and all the stuff you do going? Everything cool? Yeah, it's going cool. It's just, uh, you know... That that time of the season where it's becoming more uh more mock drafts are coming out. It's it's heating up. It's more uh, analytical, statistical. So it's just you you're getting a better uh insight on, on who, who you think gonna end up being the cream hey, of the crop. So so for everyone, if you're not aware, Javaris is a, a former student of mine. So what I find ironic, but also a blessing in life, Javaris is this. So as much as um, I've played my role in your life, right, yeah. the irony is this. Half the stuff you be talking about, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. So one of the things I, found, I find fascinating, so I was going to actually bring that up today, is this. Okay, so it's, it's a conversation that's been between multiple people yeah. and how it plays out in my head. So one is my own father. One day my father was telling me, he's like, I don't think he's, and you know, and he's been an AAU coach for, Dang, it might be nearly 30 years or something. I can't remember exactly, but somewhere within that range, right? And um, he's participated. I don't want to say responsible for it, but he's participated in the development of, uh, you know, uh, a couple few people who have um, played at the collegiate and professional level. And one of the reasons I say participate in is because I see how coaches attribute people's success to them like they've been the only coach the person's ever worked with and now that I've been around this for so long I realized like oh no over a career people have had like dozens of coaches who hopefully have all contributed in one way or another to a um, development of an athlete student athlete right but anyway so this is what my father said he said um most people would be able to compete at the high school and possibly collegiate level if they had access to these three things. And he said, if any of them are missing, I don't know, but if they have access to these three things, he said, um, what do you say, a support structure. He, he said, work ethic and a love for the game, right? A true love of passion. And I thought when he said that, um, Two, I've kind of modified that because now when I look at it, I don't think just love for the game. I think love for the grind that goes along with the game. You could love the game. Everybody loves the certain parts of the game. Everybody likes notoriety. They like a dominant moment. But do you like the daily grind, the daily activities associated with the game? So anyway, that's what my father mentioned to me, and I want to elaborate on that a little later. But now I want to go back and get it towards me bringing you up. So the next was a conversation with Seaway. Mm-hmm. And Seaway was telling me one day, he was like, yeah, when parents and student athletes talk to me, he was like, I try to get an inclination and by just asking them directly, like, what is your goal? It's like, because if they're willing to tell me their goal, 
I'll, I can tell them the reality of the likelihood of what's the best position for them to compete at to arrive at that goal versus because when he said that I'm thinking like initially versus yeah. what and he's like and he's saying versus a different position where they maybe they'll have more success at a high school level but you would never be able to compete at that collegially yeah. so the, and then I thought like oh shoot that's deep right and then bringing that back to you Sometimes I marvel when we're sitting around and I'll offer feedback on a particular like high school athlete yeah. and you'll look at me and be like, no. Uh, and then offer yeah. me a different perspective and I'll be like, wow. So I want to take it back when we were talking about your quarterback from, uh, from uh, Rancho, right? Mm-hmm. And you was telling me his size and I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of small. And yeah. he was like, no, that's perfect for that. Yeah. And so again, what that even reminds me of and brings me to is like, Man, based on me, my participation in various sports, both as a participant and then as a coach, how little I know. And it just kind of reminds me like, man, these parents walking around who think they know some stuff just probably have no idea how other people are looking at it. So like what, what are so one of the things I want to ask you, what are some of the intangibles or tangibles that you take note of? when you're assessing athletes, maybe in behalf of a school, behalf of a program, or in behalf of a parent who brings yeah. you in and asks you to assess their child's abilities or potential? As far as like high school or college? Yeah, we could say high school or, co- yeah. or both. I mean, I, wherever yeah, you want to yeah, go both. with it. So if, I'm, so if I'm analyzing a high school kid, first off, I want to look at the, the potential. Like I look at the, the, the body structure and, of course, the parents to just get like a a general base on how how yeah. you're gonna be genetically down the line. Okay. Cause a lot of people think like, oh my son, he's training this, he's he's doing that, but essentially it comes from genetics. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's what I primarily like to base it off of. And can can you be more specific because of this? We talk about the eye test. Yeah. So I so the difference is this: when you say you're looking at someone, it's not just like whether they look like they're trying to be an athlete or not. Mm-hmm. They may really work hard and be committed to the life of an athlete to where they look athletic mm-hmm. and they look in shape. But you would still look at them and be like, "No, I don't really yeah. think for, they're gonna." For instance, if if I seen a, a lineman, um, high school kid, and they're probably about six to two twenty. Not really muscular, but you know, and they're like a tenth grader. I'm gonna see like, okay, he's potentially gonna go D one just off the fact he has two more years to grow. He'll probably end up being six three, six four, two thirty. You know what right. I'm saying? He hasn't really started lifting yet. When he starts lifting, body's gonna change like drastically. And if his parents really are into it, they're gonna they're gonna give him the proper training, the proper nutrition, right. Right. and then. Like it's crazy how like a a two year span can like change a, a whole person's right. dynamic. Like you know, like because right. a lot a lot of people they enter high school they're like, oh man, like he, he's gonna be weak, and then yeah. like I said, genetics just transform crazy. Like and 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 ironically in life in general, so the difference between someone at fifty nine and sixty one yeah. physically, okay, yeah, the two year window is not that meaningful, but no, I get it. In between fifteen and seventeen, sixteen and eighteen. No, two years yeah. is for, tremendous. For, for, for instance, um, Anthony Davis, he was 5'11 uh, when he first got to high school, and he shot up to 6'9". 
Right, right. You know, like, right. and whoever would have seen that, that's, and that's the stuff like a lot of people in the higher, higher ranks look yeah. at, like evaluators, they, they look at a lot of stuff. Hey, and that, that is really an anomaly. That's a rarity. That's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Hey, cause if we could all do that, I'm sitting there hoping I could still grow. I'm like, man, if I could hit six, eight by next. See, you but know? a lot of people, a lot of people was thinking like, oh, he's five eleven. maybe he'll be six, four, Right. Up six nine. You know what I'm saying? Even six, though that's nine, that's yeah. different, but it just goes to show you like the potential, man, you never right. know where the genetics right. gonna hit it. Right. You know? It might skip you and your brother might end up, you know what right. I'm saying, getting everything you want. So yeah. it just it just goes goes down the line to show. But if I'm if I'm looking at a college kid, I'm I'm looking at um it's a little different. I look at injuries, you know, because a lot of a lot of people don't realize how like and this is just talking about college to go pro. Pro, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like, like your injury timeline because a lot of people don't understand. Like, a lot of teams they don't want to draft you if you already had a, a, like an ACL injury. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Or several shoulder injuries. Like those are major okay. injuries. Right. And they're putting, you know what I'm saying? Like, investing millions. Investing in millions right. in you. So of course, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of people they bring you in for visits before the draft. And they and they want their trainers and their physicians to to evaluate you and your okay. body. Okay. A lot of people don't understand. Hey, they be like, oh yeah, I just tore my ACL, you know. But right. who you, you won't move the same? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like who yeah. who who what goes to show you that you're gonna be the same right. athlete? You know, not impossible. Not impossible. <laughs> no, because not impossible. I think I think with the way medicine is now, I've seen drastic improvements in the way things yeah. go from my era to to current players and at the same time still when it comes to an organization investing millions in you mm-hmm. so and and the reason i find that just to be of interest is because from the outside looking in i hear different people offering their feedback well this athlete this athlete and i can even say myself and and being honest and forthright and transparent but then i'll sit around with you or some people who hey this is what they do for a living and is right mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i hear like oh shoot i didn't think of that so for instance there was a um defensive lineman and I think he was playing D end or something right and and I'll leave it at that because we you know I don't ever want to say anything that embarrasses someone but in terms of being ranked in the nation this guy had a pretty high ranking right now but one of the things people talked about was his legs and also you know in all honesty maybe the conference he played in and the competition he, he had seen and what some people who really are around the sport began to mention is that, no, he's getting away with, you know, um, maybe local accolades and stuff. But once you begin to try to compete at a national level, he doesn't have a physical foundation in terms mm-hmm. of waist down, yeah. in terms of legs and behind to really, you know, be a threat on the D-line. And sure enough, I think when he went to um, one of these events where you compete against kids across the nation, a lot of those old linemen who are gonna compete at SEC schools, um, you know, maybe, what what word am I looking for? Expose some of his weaknesses yeah. that he really didn't have that type and of body that was gonna compete. Especially for, uh, for linemen, they, yeah. they really critique like your lower body. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen, you know what I'm saying, like scouts come in and they, they'll literally write down like, oh, uh, Thighs rubbing. Uh, they write that down. Yeah, they be like bubble oh. butt, thighs rubbing, and and it, and it's crazy. It goes. Sound straight. like they talking mess about me. I'm a little bothered <laughs> right like, now. But like, yeah, but like they really go deep into it. They'll be like okay. uh, flat footed, oh, or wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. it's crazy how they how they do it. Yeah. But they really and it's do. not impossible for someone 
um, who was described in that manner to compete. So that shouldn't be discouraging to anybody. If, if anything, I would hope it would motivate and inspire people yeah. that like, look, despite whatever people say about me, I'm going to prove it. But what that is going to require, therefore, is is a motor, a work ethic, and, and also the demonstration through behaviors and through actions versus just hoping someone believes in your ability, you yeah. know? Wow, that's real life. Hey, one of the things you told me, too, that I found striking was this. I remember we were talking about linemen one day, and I kept mentioning, like, dang, dude, like, six eight six nine. As in, you was like, no, a lot of times oh, yeah. it's not good for them to be. Yeah, what what too, did you tell me? It's too tall. They, they, like, um, it's hard for them to move laterally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, um, if you six eight man, really, you should be on the basketball court. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You just it's just not scientifically proven for you to move laterally right. and be able to block uh Jadavion Clowney or right. you know what I'm saying? Like Aaron Donald, like how tall is Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald's maybe six two, six three. Okay. Okay. But but offensive tackles are, are predominantly like the bigger people right. on the field and they like they you won't catch one over six six, six okay. seven. Okay. No, so that's big right. for a tackle. And again, I don't think I would never want our discussion to be interpreted as discouraging anybody yeah. in any way, especially young people from pursuing their passion um, at whatever level they yeah. desire to. But I just became aware, you know, partly being in your presence and through my discussion with other people that like, oh, wow, a lot of times people just watch and make assumptions about how this works. And well, this person is fast, so they automatically that should translate to success in this at this level. And they don't realize all these other criteria by which people are being evaluated. And, you know, I think that becomes important. Uh, and um, one of the things I was discussing with you is the message I'd like to deliver to young people. I, I've always been sensitive about um, trying to be very positive. I try to be, I feel blessed. So I, I feel like that creates a certain spirit and energy in me, which I want to uh, share with others and I want to motivate I want to inspire but at the same time the more and more I've been doing so I realize like I do have to revise how I deliver my message because at the same time there is some need for blunt honesty with people like we do live in a world where um, the participation trophies and an entitlement to participate where a lot of people just don't realize at this point like sports at a certain level even youth sports is, you know, considered in some sense to be a privilege versus an entitlement and right when you talk about competing to represent your school. So I don't think sometimes, I think, again, a lot of young people, they want to do it and they do, they are passionate as it relates to um, the moments, the fantasy of the moments. But what they don't really understand is the grind behind that. And are you really invested in the grind, especially if you don't have some of those genetic traits that work in your interest? So uh, you went to the um, Sierra Canyon game the other day, huh? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was asking you was like, how, how tall is LeBron's son? Because he has a, yeah. people was in line to take pictures with him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you were telling me some things about his body where you're like, man, he already has. Yeah, the, uh, like just genetically, he's already ahead of a lot of kids his age yeah. and that's not even like his fault you know right right it's just it's just, it's just the reality genetics. yeah it's just the reality yeah. 
But um, and, hey, look, and, hey, people, life is not always fair. Yeah, life always. So we all ain't gonna be six. How tall is he? Is he like six three he's already? Like six three, six four. So at what age? Like he's a freshman in high school. Fourteen, so, fifteen. Yeah. So we all ain't gonna be six three at fourteen, yeah. fifteen. Yeah. It's hey, different. And then um, I can't remember who it was that I was looking at. Was it Cassius or somebody I was talking to you about? Where I was like, just their shoulders, the the width of their shoulders. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Some people just are going to have these genetic advantages in terms yeah. of size, speed. Can't do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the reality and it, of it. Yeah, and that, um, a, a lot of people, don't get me wrong, uh, hard hard work beats talent. Right, But it's just right. some, some people that no matter how much you work, like yeah. you'll never look like them right. or be as athletic as them. You might yeah. be smarter, right? but um, it's just athletics always, you know, ties in with genetics, it takes yeah. over. Hey, and we always. we want to again be positive, so yeah. we can look at the anomalies like a Muxy Bogues, yeah, Spud Webb, right? But the reality becomes okay. Very few and few. far between yeah. are gonna be that size and compete in the NBA, all right? Or and and forget the NBA, man. Or at many Division One colleges and universities, um, it's just not gonna happen for most. No matter how hard you work. So I had a young man who was playing for me, wonderful young man. And sometimes, this is what was so crazy is you would see people's frustration at a certain moment. And I would think, nah, leave him alone. Like he did everything he was supposed to do. He just sacrificed his body. He used excellent technique for that box out, but he's four foot nine. Mm -hmm. And the person he happens to check on the court at this moment is six two mm -hmm. and they outweigh him by a good 75 pounds of muscle so he boxed out excellent but that kid so i'll hear the father screaming like he's over his back he's yeah. over. and i'll be thinking like no nah, he, he ain't over his back my yeah. brother is just that that's somewhere where your son is gonna struggle now what your son could do is know well there's not many but there's some advantages to being smaller so maybe on d if he's willing to get up in yeah. people and get up in their legs and make them feel uncomfortable. And and guess what? When he box out, he's going to have to lean on some kneecaps. But, you know, I see people express a frustration and not realize, like, no, there's a reality to this situation. Yeah. It's not a Disney movie. There's no Air Bud. People, you don't get to put on some special shoes and then get the ball. Like, at some point, my brother, you really have to accept the environment you you walking into and are you really invested? Yeah. And I, I think once, um, this could be just in life in general, once you accept who you are and like what you bring, mm -hmm. it, it helps for everyone else. You know, kind of like... Um, what you mean by that? What do you mean? Um, I was going to use uh, Bill Belichick, for instance. He, okay. he always states, do your job. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, just, right, right. You know, and that, and, and, that, and that goes a long way just in life in general when you find out what what you're actually good at and what your you know what I'm saying traits bring to the table it all comes to to one you know like right. say if like we all sit at a table and we all get at different things but at the same time like it's one entity you know right. and that, and that's what that's what a lot of people are having a hard time with everybody wants to do stuff that they think they could do you know everybody yeah. want to be yeah. the man too many yeah. chiefs not enough indians type type of mentality Hey, and some people don't know, like, you might not be a star, but yeah. you, can, you can make it far yeah. because you're an excellent role player or because you're an excellent intellect. And you can look at a team and evaluate where is their need as it relates to the team we're competing with. And, okay, that's what I'm going to yeah. do today. 
So I'm going to be the first. And I ain't even just talking about hustle stuff. First to the ground, uh, get the ball. I'll give you a perfect example. Dennis Rodman, I was watching a 30 for 30 or something with him. And they were talking about how people would come ask him, like, can you teach me your technique for, for getting rebounds? And there's like, ain't no technique. But yeah. that was his skill. He hustled. Yep. And at first, he wasn't really a, a, a prolific scoring uh, threat. No, nah, but working. man, was he going to hustle? Yeah, he kept working. Right? So he knew. And guess what? He wasn't going to go shoot you out of a game because he knew this is the role I fulfill. You mm -hmm. know? That's real life. That's real life. So, like, far as uh, just sports in general, like, how many kids you think you've seen, like, um, start later? Like, um, how can I say, uh, a late bloomer? Right. Opposed to the kids that when you were young, like when Jay was young, they was just so much more athletic than Jay. And and I know you probably seen the timeline and the drastic change, and like some kids didn't grow. Right. And Jay right. like gradually grew yeah. bigger and yeah. got more athletic than a lot yeah. of kids at that age. You know what hey, I'm saying? Like, well, you know what's so cool about <laughs> you saying that though? Because you're right. So I saw all these different yeah. scenarios. But this is, let me tell you some of my concerns. Um, I'm happy the way I did it with my son. Because let me, there was a couple of concerns I had. Um, and, and I still don't know the, the cards is out with Jay, right? Who knows what's going to happen? But, man, we've had a wonderful experience on the journey. So one thing I learned through my own participation in collegiate athletics was no matter what and how cliche it sounds, it really, really, really is all about the journey, right? Senior day. I remember, um, and you got to remember, I didn't think I was going pro. I was never, I wasn't under the illusion I was going to make it as a professional. However, if you observe me prepare, you would think I thought that. Yeah. But that was just under my, my, based on my understanding, I want to compete at a high level. I'm not out here to get dominated by another person. And this is the type of preparation required to compete at the level I want to compete at. Now, that being said, I had already had a third degree tear my MCL, already had knee surgery. And because of when I started playing sports, I was in a very, very unique one in a million situation where I was a 28 year old red shirt senior. So ain't nobody looking for me yeah. coming out. But what I did was use athletics to walk away with a free master's degree, right? So the day it was over, senior day, I experienced not clinical depression, but some level of like, oh shoot, it's over. And now I had dreamed all my life because I wasn't allowed to participate in youth sports, right? Based on the religion I grew up in. I, I had dreamed all my life of doing it. So this was a dream for me to be playing at a university. And so the day it was over, it was kind of one of those like, oh shoot, like, okay, well it's over. And this was my dream. So it was anticlimactic. That's the best word for it, it was anticlimactic, right? So there I had to look at grace for validation at like anticlimactic, <laughs> that's the word, right? So therefore, um, that's when it really hit me at that moment that, oh wow. But the blessing was all these relationships I forged, all these memories I've developed. The blessing was going through hell week, multiple, multiple, multiple years and thinking I can never do this again and doing it again the next year. The blessing was the adversity of competing with someone else for a position and for time on a field and facing moments of disappointment, but still pushing through and having that success. And I'm going to take all these lessons and utilize them at all these other areas of my life. So now getting back to Jay. One of the things I didn't want him to do is burn out. And one of the reasons I say that because, okay, having been in an environment of deviance that I had existed in, all my previous friends who chose a life of deviance, some unfortunately in prison, um, gang banging, 
was all former youth athletes. And at a certain point, they all got burnt out participating in athletics. They became higher-headed, didn't want to listen to a coach, got kicked off a team. So they all wanted to go to some environment where they got to put to use these skills of physical dominance and, and literally put hands on other people. Yeah. So they all went, you know, not all necessarily gang-banging, but enough of them, right? Where I realized that, oh, I've seen a lot of people burn out on sports. The other thing I didn't want my son going through was based on the disappointment I experienced, I didn't want him being one of those kids who was so invested in athletics that the day their dream didn't materialize or the day it was over, even if your dream do materialize, they implode and self-destruct because they had no thoughts about life other than their identity as related to athletics, right? So sometimes when I saw kids who was too good at six, and I can you really use that word, too good? But I'd be like, oh, you... You believe in this too much. And it kind of reminds me of these, you know, these wonderful young people you see come in my office, mm-hmm. right? Who just amazing young people, but who have no idea about life outside of the realms of athletics, no idea about interacting with people on a daily basis, and, and no idea about how to treat people. And no, you know what I'm saying? So with Jay, I think one of the ways in which I really feel blessed is we having a positive experience, my brother. Like you be around my son, he he can smile about this. He laughs yeah. about it. He'll experience some great moments. I don't think his highs are too highs, and I don't think his lows are too low. He's moderate about it. He does want to compete. He does, like any other human, want to be dominant. Um, but the lessons I want him to walk away with are about work ethic. Now, this is what's so crazy, though. You ready for this one? Because I'd like to hear your feedback on this. One of the dilemmas we face right now, you had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And many other people have had to. But if you're a parent who never participated in youth sports or sports in general at a competitive level, you may not know this, right? So he's been playing basketball as his prime, prime, if you use the word primary, right? His primary sport, right? This was his first year playing high school football. He had a, if I could say, very good year, relatively speaking, right? But he had one of those years that exposed him to the fact like, hey, if you just count purely by the probabilities of numbers, mm-hmm. you stand a far, far higher probability of being able to move forward maybe to the college ranks playing football than you do basketball. But at the same time, we have a commitment to something that you've been doing all these years over a decade of your life. What do you do? Right? What do you do? And how do you come to terms with that? That was something you'd experience. How'd you deal with it? Um, it was a little different for me because uh, I didn't have the parents, so you know what I'm saying to give me that that advice. So it was like I really just was experimenting with it, and um, I told myself I said either way, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to school, right, and and it's gonna be for athletics. Okay. So I just honestly, um, I took it day by day, but. I never took any practice for granted. I never took any workout for granted. Like I went extra hard. Like I was, I was that that leader. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it taught me to be more like of of a leader inside, mm-hmm. outside. You know what I'm saying? On and off, court in the field. And um, just one day, I just knew, like man, like this football stuff is is easy. Like, 
And um, not 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 only like I didn't understand the plays like the defense, the offensive plays, but what I had was the the ability to to score touchdowns and like catch interceptions. How old were you when that began to materialize? Um, thirteen. Okay. Is is that early or late? You used the term late bloomer before. Is that early or late? I, I, I would say for me it was late because like first when when I um moved when I moved to North Carolina. I was coming from Boston, so you know that's hoop state. Like everybody play basketball, so um, I I remember I was crying to my mom like, man, I don't I don't want to move to North Carolina. I just made the the basketball team, and I was the only twelve year old that that made the thirteen. You know, okay. so right, so right, I was right. like, they was like, it was so Jay you're playing Knight. up, you're yeah. playing up, and then yeah. supposedly, you know, what I'm saying like I was around like all the nice kids like at the boys and girls club, right, like. right. So so it was crazy. Like I was like, man, what like what's going on? So I I moved to North Carolina. And um, I tried to get on 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 the all star team, the, uh, the rec team. So I stopped by the rec and I asked the coach, like, um, do, you, "Do you think I could get on the team?" Uh, he was like, "Man, we already picked the team, but uh, you could practice today. You could scrimmage against us." Man, I scrimmaged against them and it, whew, I tore them up. <laughs> you tore so, them. You tore them. Tore them up. So it it was kind of you know like like I said um I. As a young kid, like without a mother or father, I had to take like matters into my own hands. Mm-hmm. So like I was that kid, like I was a, a gym junkie. And then like if I wasn't at the gym, I was at the football field, like or I was in the weight room. Like I took everything like just a notch more serious. And I started seeing like friends like stray away, like you know, like family, like just it it just it just was a lot of things I had to deal with, like. You would have to like really go through it to understand. Yeah. But um, all in all, like I was doing what I wanted to do. Right. You know, like the just for the love of sports. Now, did you ever consider one sport to be your primary sport, or was yeah, you not yeah, at yeah, that yeah, yeah. When, when I first like when I first started, like I was basketball, like it was strictly basketball. Like I was in the gym, like putting up shots, like I was getting better. And then um, the coaches begged me to come to a uh, uh, off season workout. I was like uh. It was like seven on seven, right, no, no pass. Right. But like, when I moved to North Carolina, like, it was the number one team in the state in football. Okay. Like, it was like a powerhouse. And I was like, man, they want me to, they want me to come out, cause I had weight training and I have, I never ran a forty before, never bench press, and I was like, one of the fastest ninth graders okay. come through. So it was like, man, just play. So I went out there. I was playing corner. Now I caught like seven picks, and like three touchdowns at receiver. Okay. So. I was like, man, like, I'm kind of nice, and then it it just say so, that one more again. You said I'm I'm what? I'm kind of nice. I'm kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So <clears throat> it was crazy because my freshman year we was doing um we was doing something. I think it was we was going to the playoffs, and you know how they bring the freshmen up. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I chose to play basketball on varsity. Okay. So I was like, man, like they and they were kind of mad at me. So, but I ended up doing my thing on varsity basketball, and then that's when the coaches knew, like, oh, like Jabbar's really all around athlete. Right, you know? right. Not to mention we had uh, one of the top uh, track teams in the country. Yeah. Like, we had the fastest guy in the country, so I ran track too. Like, I was on the four by one, four by two. Y'all so, had a nice relay team. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was, and yeah. it was, it was just crazy. Like I was, I was really at at the right school. At, you know what I'm saying? Like everything was at an all time high. Yeah, and. To me, it was a gift and a curse. Like, I was a super athlete, but it was like, man, like, what sport 
am I gonna go to college yeah, for? Yeah. And it and it and it wasn't like no parental guidance. So it was just like really hard. Like I just really had to go hard in everything. And then um I didn't know too much about like NCAA clearinghouse, SAT, ACT. Right. And I just so happened like to be guided in the right way. Like I met um this counselor, Miss Cooney, R. I. P. But she really like guided me in the right way right. and ended up changing like several athletes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like to how you are here. She was at my high school. I appreciate you know? that. And um, I just never took her for granted. Like, I always checked in with her, made sure, was, like, made sure my classes was on point, like, made sure, like, clearinghouse was on point, like, if I could talk right. to coaches because I knew that time was coming. Right. You know? And it, and it was crazy because, essentially, I had to talk to coaches myself. I just told them, yeah, right. I just told them, like, it's, it's really, you know, my, my parents, well, I don't have a father. And my mom really don't know too much about it, you know? Yeah. Like, I would, uh, my mom, she would call me and be like, hey, people keep saying you in the newspaper. Like, is that good or bad? I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like. Oh, did she really ask was it good Yeah, or bad? she used to be asking a lot. Like, man, it's, it's, it's for sports. Okay. She'd be like, what? And it was crazy because my mom, like, she never came to a game. She came to one game and that was my senior night. And it was so crazy. Like, I broke records. I had like a. A eighty-five yard punt return, okay. like pick six. Uh, you know, it's so crazy you say that because my dude <laughs> tell me he went through that in a di- in a different way. But uh, yeah. my boy Eddie, yeah, always lets me know, like, yeah, man, no, my parents wasn't really at my games. Other people had to go tell them, like, hey, your <laughs> yeah, son is nice, yeah, for was real. So like, it, it was just crazy. Like the one game she came to was like my breakout game. Like I went crazy, and then like the next week I was reported like all state. Okay, so she was just like, wow, like my son really doing it, like. So now, did you continue to still play basketball all the way through high school? Mm-hmm. I played basketball all through high school. I was uh, second team all state. Okay. But um, like I said, we was in a very competitive conference, and I was and we was more so known as the football school. But, right. Right. But like my senior year, like we had a group. Like you know, when you have a group of kids and only you guys know you guys are gonna be nice. Right. Like you guys know, like man, we about to we about to make some we noise. About to be nice. yeah. So like my senior year, like we all stuck together. It was crazy because we went undefeated on J V and everybody let it slide by. We went undefeated football and basketball. So it was like that group of kids, like I just happened to be like with a real good senior okay. class too. And like we really took took it by hey, storm in basketball too. Hey, and now knowing what you know about sports, I'm sure you look back on that and you just realize that were you thankful to the universe? Cause you like, hold on, I just was at the right place yeah. at the right time to have like a great I didn't, experience. yeah, like I didn't have to transfer anywhere, like yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying, like yeah. and it, and it's crazy. You like, didn't have kids, to go to three schools in three years. Yeah, like kids mm-hmm. have the luxury of transferring. Like yeah. to back when I was in school, you transfer, you was considered like a traitor. Like yeah, you whack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. you got to go through it with us. You so. Right. So, so it was pretty dope. Like, hey, we trying to build something because back then it wasn't. First of all, most people went to neighborhood schools. Yeah. Because it wasn't the private school system, at least from an inner city environment, um, wasn't where you wanted to go because yeah. it seemed like oh, you running from this experience here. But so people played at their neighborhood schools, and you had to build something. It was crazy because people was trying to transfer to our school. It was like, nah, coach. We don't want them. Right, like it, right. like it, yeah, like it yeah, was yeah. like it was really that yeah. serious. Like people yeah. were like, oh, I want to go to New Bern. Like it was like, nah, we we want to keep what we got, what we got going. We don't need nothing. Yeah, we value we, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, we value each other. Yeah. And, and 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 like for real, that's what made us stronger because like we was always hanging out, like yeah. on and off the court, the field. Like 
if if we was going to if we was going somewhere, it'd be all of us. Like if right. we hit the mall, it'd be all of us. But it'd be yeah. after we hit the gym. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. that's why I said like time has changed. Like it's so many like personal uh, trainers. It, it really <laughs> you know is. what I'm saying? Like it's so much stuff to like really help these kids, and it's and it's a gift and a curse. Right. Because some kids take it for granted, and some kids really you know right. what I'm saying like thrive you, use it, it. Yeah, yeah, thrive off of it. Yeah. But it, but it's just crazy how times change. Like, if we had trainers and stuff like back then when that type of equipment and stuff like, yeah, it's no telling. I, and at the same time, <laughs> you got to take the blessing and yeah, curse yeah. of a different era. Because I also tell you this: sometimes I look at life like that. Like, man, if I had these things available to me that are currently available, right? But then the other side of the coin is this: maybe who we are. Hey, <laughs> if social media had existed when I was younger and people had cameras on all their phones, right? Had cell phones with cameras. I'd be in trouble right now. <laughs> so, you know, I take yeah. I, I I appreciate the uh the blessings that this generation has, but then I also see, you know, the other things that come with it. So, you know, they got their own struggles and stuff. So did you get offers for um high school? Did any uh, as it relates yeah, to yeah, basketball? Yeah, I had um I had a couple of division one uh offers like North Carolina Central, um, North Carolina A and T okay. and some uh division two offers. And I talked to my coaches and they were like, man, just looking at you, looking at, you know, like future-wise, you like, man, I think he'll be like an elite football player opposed to, you know, like a mediocre basketball player. Okay. And and, and it was tough because <clears throat> I had to like really like take it in depth and be realistic with myself. Yeah. And of course, like I played basketball at a high level. Like, um, you know, I grew up down the street from Kinston with Jerry Stackhouse and all, all, all them played it. And it was like one of the top high schools in the country. Yeah. And I'm saying like, man, I just had 20 against Kinston last night. And they telling me, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't really play with the top right. talent. But, you know, I mean, essentially, I looked at it realistically. And I was like, man, I started looking at basketball rosters. And I was like, man, these dudes are 6'3", 6'4", yeah, point yeah, guard. Yeah, like, yeah. let's be real. Yes, you know, yes. and, and, uh, you know and, yeah. and I was not mad because I was like, yeah. it already instilled in me, like, they know I'm nice. Right. You know, right. like, and, and, and like I was telling you, um, sports is, is, is much deeper than what coaches and people know. It's, it's like a respect level for players. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, like, like a lot of people look at Gilbert Arenas like, why he never started? But they, they got respect. Like, man, Gilbert would tear me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, why he didn't start where? You know what I'm saying? Like, why he was like always a six man. Him like a Jamal Crawford. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, for, oh, that's what kind of because I remember Gilbert being the man on a team. Uh, I don't, was it with Washington? In Washington, mm-hmm. wasn't he the man? That's Am I tripping? Man. Yeah, but okay. like in a sense, like him. Like a Lou Will, Jamal Crawford, yeah, like they was yeah. always known as the six man. Okay, you know I got what I'm you, saying? I got and they, you. Yeah, yeah. and and at and in the essence, like people look at the six man, like oh he ain't good enough to start. But yeah. if you look at them, and you know what I'm saying, they were like, all right, he got my respect. Man, you know? Lou Williams might light you up for eighty that's, at the park. That's what I'm saying. There's a there's people in the NBA who average zero who would drop fifty points on you if they play against you at the park or in some rec league. Hey, that being said, I will say about all three of those players too. In my opinion, um, they transcend the sport in the sense that they redefine what it meant to be the six man. Yeah. Because based on those three, and and I really got to say based on those two, because I honestly didn't recall Gilbert Arenas being a six man. The only thing I really require, uh, recall about Gilbert Arenas was that he could go point for point with the best and that he made the number zero popular. And I respected that, Agent Zero. 
I respected that because my number was always, the, my favorite number is 13. And so for other people, they view it as unlucky. And I'd be like, no, nah, that's my lucky number. I'm good with this, mm-hmm. right? So for him to take zero, and you know, when you talk about sports, some people, if they've not played, don't know that people feel meaning to numbers. So for him to be able to take zero, right, and do something and make that a popular number, to me, that transcends sports. So I was like, oh, that those take strong shoulders and a strong mentality. But um, getting back to the other two, uh, Lou Williams and, and Crawford. Jamal Crawford, um, to me, they made it popular to be the sixth man. Nah, where it was did. like, I, hey, man, I don't, man, ain't nobody trying to mess with either of those two dudes. And in the NBA, I think they've garnered a, a significant level of respect, too. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. But in a sense, like, like, what I was trying to get to is it's a different mutual respect from a player to player oh, than yeah, a coach yeah, to a yeah. player. You know? I hear and, and And I felt like... Um, I respect it. I was real respected. Yeah. And I was like, I was that guy like, yo... Javar is nice in football and basketball. So I started thinking like, man, how many people really made All-State football and basketball? You know right, what I'm saying? Like right, I started right, like, right. like, I'm really, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's really tough. Like, yeah. I'm just different. You know, like some people was like, yo, like, when I look back in my career now, like, I'm like, yeah. man, like I was really a different athlete. Hey, what you say, I, I just had to use these examples when we talk about um, what it means to be respected amongst a peer group of players. That takes me back to another 30 for 30 I saw, I think it was, I can't remember for sure, about a guy, what's his name, Lenny something? I don't remember, but who the average fan may have never heard of. But I remember in his documentary, they had um, Carmelo talking about him. They had Paul Pierce talking about him where if you competed at that level, they knew him. And they was like, oh, no, he he was LeBron before LeBron. And then they had, um, and then the one out here who oh, might do the from New York. Yeah, yeah, he, that's he was, what I'm talking about. He was a number one player. It wasn't Lenny LeBron. Cook or something. I can't remember what it, the name he, was. He, he was ranked over LeBron. Right. And then they had the showdown. Right. At the All American camp. Yeah. And he kind of like didn't exactly. really show up. Exactly. And he went downhill from there. Hey, someone else out here who some people never heard of, but if you played against him, uh, was Shea Cotton where people who competed out here knew like, oh, he's a man child, that, yeah. that is to do. So again, I do see where, you know, again, the level of respect amongst peers where everybody wasn't gonna make it to the league. And it could have been a um, incident in your life or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, it is nice to be respected amongst your peers. And, it, and it's crazy, like, the the sign of respect is almost a humility, like, a a relief, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like to yeah. let you know, like yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't need trophies. I don't need coaches yeah. to let tell me like I got yeah. the respect amongst my yeah, peers. yeah, and yeah. and and, it, and it's crazy. Like respect, it, it shows you respect goes so long. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you, like you can see somebody, and they'll be like, oh, that's that's such and such, and then he'd be like, who are you? And then then you'd be like, Phew, boy, your daddy uh, was, a, you know what I'm saying? Boy, your daddy yeah. was a bad man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and yeah. it's crazy, like. That's how like respect can last forever if, yeah. if if you if you do it right you know what I'm saying if you do it can last forever man it's crazy. Hey now there's a question you asked me a little while ago that I very skillfully avoided answering. <laughs> you know I'm real skillful at that right? People can ask me say ask me and I, and, I, and I go hey look I run around the building twice before yeah. I get to that question right? But you asked me and uh, I really didn't have an answer one way or another and so but I wanted to ask you now. Right, ain't that that janky? Now I ask you, I had, right? Double back. But this, you mentioned late bloomers. Mm-hmm. 
how many late bloomers? Is that really something we see a lot of? Or is that like, you know, and what, what's your thoughts on it? Because I think I feel, some people say yes, some people say no. I feel like it's, um, I think it's like 40% late bloomers. Yeah. It, it's crazy because it's out of, out of a scale of um, percentage to 100, I would say it's like 20 for shores, 20 busts. 20 late bloomers and then it's just like the rest is kind of like uncertainty you know what i'm saying like yeah. it it has a it has a realm of 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 everything because you you can have people like like you was talking about the guy that was battling lebron was ranked uh -huh. over lebron he's considered a bust you know what i'm saying like a grand odin they considered a bust you know yeah. and then there's people that that come and take over their spotlight that you was like oh man he came out of nowhere you know, I forgot about Greg. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. Pe people like that, like yeah. that really was supposed to like be number one overall picks. Yeah, well, were number number one yeah. overall picks, or some people that you know like reclaim their throne, like yeah. Dwight Howard's doing right now. You okay. know, and is he is he reclaiming? Yeah, his? yeah. From you know what I'm saying like just just watching like what people are saying like he really like back okay. to the old old ways. And LeBron too. People was calling LeBron washed. He just went. Triple double. Man, watch this though. Watch this though. <laughs> People, that's the one part I just don't get yet, man. Now, what I do get is at first, there's a part in many of our nature where we root for the underdog. And once the underdog becomes champion, if they have too much success, like using Golden State as an example, when they was an the underdog, we all like, woo, but right then when they become the champion, um, you know, especially when it becomes for too long, you get to a point where you're rooting for the next underdog. Yeah. But some of the hate I see LeBron deal with, my brother, that's, hey, there's moments when it's made me feel ashamed to be a man in the sense that there's other men who are sitting there hating on the hard work that another man has put in. Like, I see people invest a lot of energy in hating that man. Hey, the same way people invest a lot of energy in hating Tom Brady. And what people have to remember is the what these men had to deal with at a certain point where they weren't the coveted athlete of the year, but they went mm -hmm. through other circumstances in their life that, to me, propelled them to develop the work ethic to get where they wanted to go in life and then not fall off. So when people hate on LeBron, man, I almost just expect that, man. I just expect that. I, I just, hey, because my man has reached a level of excellence that, um, you know, to me is to be admired and respected. Uh, that, that being said, you know, as we begin to wrap up, man, I was thinking too, do you have it? How does a person make the decision? So you said um, that you had to do it without really parents present to develop an awareness. So that's a decision, something I may have to talk to my son about do you have any thoughts about feedback and like because so me just... me right now i'm thinking like no just keep doing both if you hey watch this part of me is hey do whatever you want man do what make you happy um but then there's a part of me that feels also that i do bear some responsibility and as his father and helping him make the right decision um i mean what's your thoughts um i mean of course basketball is probably his his first love just like a lot of other people, you know, and play it until it diminishes, you yeah, know. Yeah. And but still, like, don't forget, like, use everything as a platform. Right. You know, right. like you still, you you still can can play the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still blessed to be athletic enough to make a varsity team. You know, it's like it's not like you can't make the team. Right. You know. Right. So like, 
play it until the wheels fall off. You know, yeah. like play it in, until it's not. It 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 doesn't bring you value. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. and then you you go where you need it yeah. on that field. You know, like e- yeah. even if even if hey, it comes play along. to the door not open, huh? Yeah. Hey, then when the door that door ain't open, go through the door that is open. Yes, yeah. man. It was, it's been plenty. You know, two sport athletes. You could go to the like I was telling you the story with T Mac. He was telling me like, man, he was playing. He was playing football and basketball. And, who, who was this? Uh, Tracy McGrady. Okay, okay. And and Adidas flew in to his football practice and was telling him like, man, you you can't play it anymore. Like, you you gotta you gotta step off the field. And that's when he was like, well, this is Adidas. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, okay, you know. Okay. Hey, if they about to write him a check, huh? Yep. And okay. um and and the story on uh the the LeBron movie um with him and his homeboys, uh one of his best friends missed. The state championship for yeah, basketball yeah, to play he played in, in the Under Armour, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Army All American, oh, Army, I'm sorry, yeah. So right. it it just goes to show you, like, man, you you gotta go, what's what's best for you, you, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Hey, and so goes life, man. I appreciate you, man. Hey, there we go, people. That's a wrap. There we go, people. You just witnessed two kings talking. Thank you for tuning in to King Talk. Hey, uh, B, where you at, B? I gotta put you where on you a milk at, cart, B? and B, we still looking for you. We still looking for you. I'll at your boy, man. Pop up. Pop up.